You're listening to Money Making Mothers with Carla Edwards, where we discuss the highs and lows of being a working parent, how to master the art of spinning plates, and remind ourselves that just because you became a mother does not mean your dreams no longer exist. You can have it all. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Money Making Mothers, where I am joined by the amazing Michaela Quinn, who is located in Kansas City, America. She's a former teacher and has solved the issue for modern day working mothers where they can make sure their work fits around their children. She teaches women how to launch and sustain successful freelance businesses and a lot of people could benefit from hearing what she's done and how she's made it into a huge success for not just herself but a family as well. Hope you all enjoy. Hi, I'm Michaela Quinn and I am a wife, mom, and freelance expert living in the United States, specifically in Kansas, Kansas City. So right in the middle of America, guys, that's where I'm from. And um, I've got four kids. My oldest is five, um, McLaren. My second is George. He actually passed away when he was eight months old, though, um, unexpectedly. But um, he would be, he would be about three and a half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Almost four now. Um, so McLaren, George, I've got Thomas. He is two, just over two. And then Caroline is my youngest and she is five months. So (laughs) my husband and I have been married for six years and I've been pregnant or breastfeeding the entire time. We've been married and, um, pretty much a business owner that entire time as well too. Um, so what is the business? What is the business that you do? Yeah. So I help women start freelance businesses as virtual assistants, social media managers, copy, copywriters, graphic designers, um, any service-based business that you could offer to help another business. I help them get started in that. Um, I used to be a high school English teacher. So I taught high school English for four years and I loved it until my daughter was born and she was born year two. So got married young, got pregnant young, all the fun stuff. And she was born uh, my second year teaching. And that's when I just was like, oh my God, I don't want to, I thought I didn't want to work. I thought like working was the problem, yeah. um, but it turns out it was just working someone else's schedule and, you know, the traditional way of working just didn't work for me. So I started looking for how to make money from home, how to be a stay at home mom. And long story short, after a lot of different dead ends, I finally found this virtual assistant world and um, got started in 2000. She was born in 2015. I got started like 2016, right in January. So five years ago, right? Yeah. Five years ago, got started quickly, not quickly. (laughs) It took me a while to land that first client. Right. But once I landed that first client in August of 2016, so about six, seven months later, that's when my income kind of quickly snowballed. And that would be my third year teaching. Um, was that my third year teaching? No, that would have been my fourth year teaching. 
And I landed that first client and then quickly it just snowballed. I tripled my teacher income, which in the state teachers don't make that much. And I taught at a Catholic high school. So even less than like public school teaching. Um, But as a teacher, I think after we paid daycare, I took home about a thousand dollars a month. Right. Um, after taxes and everything. So I worked my butt off like 60 yeah. hours a week for a thousand dollars. And yeah, that's not we needed that. We needed that though. And then, um, as a, as a freelancer working 15, 20 hours a week on the side of teaching, I was taking home, um, $3,000 a month after taxes yeah. and everything. So working 60 hours for, yeah. plus putting my kids in daycare, not having the lifestyle I wanted compared to virtual assistant, um, 15 hours a week, tripled my take-home pay. It was a no-brainer. I left at the end of my fourth year teaching and it's, it just kind of snowballed ever since. I was in a lot of like local mom Facebook groups just because I was the first in my friend group to have kids yeah. And um, didn't have like any other moms that I could be like, hey, this happened. What do I do? And just being in that, as I was building my business, other women kept asking me like, or not asking me, just posting in general. Like, I would love to work from home. I don't want to join an MLM, um, which is multi-level marketing um, for, for those of you who don't know. And So I just started naturally helping them like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And I became known in my local Kansas city mom group for the lady who can help you work from home without selling products. And, um, over to like, it just kind of snowballed one day. There were 50 women that were wanting me to help them one-on-one. And I was like, guys, I can't do this. I've got kids, I've got clients. And so I started a Facebook group to just share resources, help them. And then that quickly kind of turned into me, um, having an online course and teaching them how to do right. what I did. And so I've been in the online course space now for three and a half, um, uh, almost three and a half years. So in the reason you started is because you were trying to fit your children around your work rather than trying to fit your work around your children. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as in terms of like your work-life balance since then, is it, is it better? Is it? Oh is Yeah. It- Absolutely. So my whole philosophy around work has changed. Like when I was teaching, when I was in that traditional work makeup, you know, where you nine to five, go into the office, come home. um, I thought that working was my problem. It turns out that I really, really love working. And, you know, I, I learned that I learned that throughout throughout the last couple of years, but I love working on what I want. And something that that lights me up. And when I first quit teaching, my work schedule looked like I did the nighttime hustle. So I would work from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. When my kids were still sleeping, I I woke up really early. That's how I built my business when I was still teaching those early morning hours. And then I would work during nap time. My kids were great nappers, one to three, um, one to three every day in the afternoon. So that was 20 hours a week that I could well, well, the, the sleep, the nap that time religiously. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were. Oh my gosh. You're lovely. Great nappers. 
once I mean once they got out of that initial like newborn kind of yeah no but still that's good to have like where you knew you had guaranteed time none of mine ever mm-hmm. slept they were all even now just random random sleepers whenever they felt like sleeping the sleep yeah <laughs> um and so that, that that was kind of my schedule as things started to pick up and, and get a little busier I would take them to the gym daycare <laughs> and they would go play there. We have these awesome like fitness centers here and they would go play in the daycare and I would sit in the little cafe with my laptop and, and get some work done. Um, and then eventually just the, the whole like discombobulated schedule, the nap time has to like chunk here, chunk there, chunk here. I started feeling kind of stressed and um, it just wasn't working for me anymore. And so now we actually have a part-time nanny um, she comes Monday through Thursday from seven to about one. And um, of those hours, I'm working roughly nine to about one. That's brilliant. So I get a solid chunk of time in. So that's like 15 hours a week. Yeah. And I mean, now I have um, multi six figure business. Last year we did um, over 500 K in revenue. Hoping to cross the seven figure mark this year, but um, working 15 hours. Yeah. 15 to 20. I have a, I have a big team though supporting me because that was one of my big things going into business is I saw all these people that were, you know, online course creators, online business owners that have these seven figure businesses and like they're constantly working. Yeah. I've got to have, um, like my family's my number one priority. I got into this to, you know, be with my family more. And I, I found a way that I can really provide for my family more, but I don't want, I never want that to overtake that to come at a cost of time with your family. Yeah. Yeah. So um, going into starting my business, the online course creation side, I knew from the very beginning, it takes a lot to run an online course business, uh, run an online business. So I knew from the very beginning, I was going to need to be hiring freelancers, hiring additional women um, from my program to help support my mission, my business, but also to help make sure that I still have a great yeah that you can still be a be a mom as well yeah so I'm sorry I don't feel like you have to answer but I'm I am intrigued I didn't know about how how did you cope with the loss of your son whilst that was happening oh gosh so that was George um he was probably three four months when I started doing the online course stuff um but I was home full time with him, like his entire, when he was born, I went on maternity leave and I never went back to teaching in the classroom. So like everything that I ever wanted with my first of that, like just slow mornings, like being able to structure our day, how I wanted, I had that with him. And it was just like, those are some of my most favorite memories. Those like early morning wake-ups when I was down at our dining room table, getting my stuff done, he would wake up at roughly around seven, I'd go get him. I'd nurse him in his nursery and then just kind of snuggle slow, slow mornings. Then my daughter would wake up, we'd get her. And every morning I'd walk down the stairs with a baby on each hip <laughs> and we'd get into our entryway and just stare in the mirror and smile. And my daughter was two at the time. And she would always say two babies with the biggest smile on her face. Um, and it like, what helped me in those times was, was my memories at home with him. And um, 
like logistically, we sold our house. We like when he passed away, we moved in with my parents, sold our house. We were just like my husband and I just couldn't really function. We were like in shock and we still had our two year old. And we just couldn't live at our house anymore because we knew we would have more kids. We wanted a big family and there, there was no way that I could ever paint over George's room. I could ever live in that house again. Yeah. Cause it was just like, it, I mean, it was such a happy home until he passed away and um, we just knew we couldn't do it. So um, we moved in with my parents for six months and they just uh, like <laughs> helped helped care for us, helped us take care of our daughter. Um, and since I was doing this course side, I had an assistant and I kind of just stepped away for, oh gosh. Um, so he passed away in December, right before Christmas, December, December 10th. And um, I kind of just took time off didn't really do anything. I, I, I checked in cause I had, I had students at that time, but I, I would check in with them, you know, help support them when I could, but they were all really understanding and yeah. like focus on you, focus on your family. Um, and for like a while I was just mad. I was angry and like seeing how like other people be happy, like made me mad. I wanted, it was just, I was in a dark place, honestly. Yeah. And so um, I started just listening to um, different different books, people would send me things, and I, I that's when I kind of started diving into personal development and mindset. And I don't exactly know what it was, but one day I just kind of was like, "Okay, you carrying on in this mad, angry phase is not going to do is not going to do any good." Like. Um, and just sort of had the realization that like, I can honor my son's memory by making sure that our home, our family, um, that we're making good memories together, that we spend quality yeah. time together and kind of saw how I can also help other women do that too. And like you know, this whole, like, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, life's too short to, you know, spend to spend your your days angry, mad, grouchy, and um, yeah. But at the, same, at the same time, you had every right, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But and um, but I knew that staying in that angry place was not going to serve yeah. me or my family in the long run. It was absolutely, you know, valid in that time. But I thought like. For a while, I felt like if I would smile, if I was happy, it would mean that like I, I didn't love my son and I, I didn't miss him and that like I was okay and I, I wasn't. We're, we're still not um, okay, but we can, it's kind of like this, this duality. Like I can be extremely happy. Like when we just had our, um, my youngest Caroline in August, when, um, like she's born, we're so happy when we brought her home from the hospital and seeing our other two kids that are here come meet her and just love on her. Like we're so happy, but at the same time, like in that extreme happiness, we're also extremely sad. And um, like, remember like the pain and the hurt. And it's just like navigating this new way of 
having these dual emotions at the same time. Yeah, because like for only from I obviously didn't have a clue about that until you said at the beginning, but mm. it was unexpected, unexplained, just was it is it do they call it cot death syndrome there as well? Is that what it was? Um like they call it SIDS and um yeah. but I mean we were bed sharing and um he said I mean he was eight months old though and I did that with all my kids and it just And how did you like the thing is you must be a very 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 strong woman because to do it I can't imagine like what you've just said there having more children and you must have every day worried mm-hmm. and, like because I, I but yeah like I'm touching wood but you know even now like sometimes in the middle of the night I wake up and if Alba's mm-hmm. like she's nearly three and I'll, and I'll go like I'll, I'll have to move her you know to see if she's still because you do that's just what you do you just panic all yeah. the time and I can't imagine what that must have been like. Honestly, I, I really am sorry because um, that's horrific. Yeah. So now with my other two, um, I they sleep in a only crib. I only will do cribs, and I have to force myself awake. Um, when Thomas, when he was first born, I like major panic, and I mean we had an outlet. Um, now with my daughter, we have like a breathing detection monitor, um, but. It was, it was hard, but I, I also knew that like, I wanted, I wanted more kids. I had so much more love in my heart to get. Yeah. So we got, we got pregnant with Thomas really, really fast. Um, How fast soon after was it? Um, so I think I got pregnant with him January, February. So Feb- maybe February, like we knew right away. We were like, we've, we, like our, not that he, any of our other children are replacements at all, but like, it's just weird to go from like, like literally physically two kids in your arms to just having one. There's like a physical emptiness. And, um, Thomas was, I, I, I prayed and prayed like, I don't want a boy. I don't want a boy. I can't have a boy. I can't have a boy. And then I got, we found out it was a boy and I was like, oh my God, don't make him look like George. Don't make him look like George. All my kids look alike. And he looks, he looks a lot like um, George, our son that passed away. And he, he's just the perfect, perfect gift, perfect blessing that, that, you know, we needed, but didn't quite know. Yeah. And in terms of obviously your, the, the journey you've had as a career, as a working mother, I'm presuming, I mean, I can't imagine anything else, but has that been the most difficult time of that being able to get yourself back up and, and focus again on the career side while staying with that? Um, so it, it, it was weird at first, um, or not, not weird, but it, it was just kind of hard to navigate because some days I would feel like, okay, I'm ready. I want to, I want to, I want to work. Others days, I couldn't find my focus other days. I just didn't want to do anything. And so I just, gosh, for probably the whole next year, I just did what I could. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would have, you know, projects that I was working on and try to plan, but if I wasn't able to focus that day or um, needed to just, it all day I, I gave myself that space kind of yeah um to do that and jumping back in though 
part of my program, there is a Facebook group and I do some um, group coaching with the women in my program. And so like living through their happiness and their successes when they were landing clients, when they were quitting their jobs, like that just like their happiness, their excitement, like osmosis, just kind of, I, I lived on that and, um, seeing, being able to help them like have what I had with McLaren and George when they were both there, like I call it the most ordinary, boring, mundane day, but it was everything I wanted. Yeah. And, um, being able to help them achieve that just, that helped you through it. That, that made that made me keep going. Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're given that because it is a it is a very when babies, especially when they're so young, one of the hardest things is going back to work after maternity. Mm. That like my my year teaching. So my daughter was born in June, so summer. Um, I got a little bit of an extra maternity leave, but like dropping her off at daycare was just awful. I hated it. Um, that was a really, another really dark season for me. Cause I felt stuck. Um, I, I wanted to be at home with her and financially my husband and I needed two incomes. I mean, obviously we could have sold our house. We could have sold a car. We could have got rid of everything, but I also like, <laughs> I also like going to target and shopping and <laughs> buying things. So like that whole sacrifice, everything, be the old lady with all these kids in a shoe just wasn't gonna work for me either. Yeah. So. Well, it's trying to get a balance, isn't it? It's trying to get everyone's balance and everyone's expectations different. But as long as you've got a balance that you're happy with, and if that means you want to go shopping or, you know, you want to have a nice house, that's, that's fine. That's your balance. That's what you want. But Mm -hmm. it's it's getting it to a point where you're happy on both ends because I'm I'm saying like I I want there's so much I want from life and for my kids but you've got to work for it and then you feel guilty for working for it because then you're not spending time with the kids but Mm -hmm. the beauty of being you know especially being self-employed is if you do get to a point where you're like Jesus I've worked so much this week you can stop you can say right that's it now like I'm gonna have Mm -hmm. four days Mm -hmm. off Mm -hmm. which is much better than obviously when you're working you you can't do that because you're answering to somebody else so you have to do it whether you like it or not yeah baby yeah yeah. (laughs) little baby sees me so how do you speaking of that how do you juggle then working and motherhood now um now having our nanny I couldn't do I couldn't do this still kind of piecemealing together a little bit here a little bit there um I'm someone who gets frazzled easily (laughs) um (laughs) And so just, I I like to have that. I like to have that set time since I am working from home. Like it is so, and self-employed, it is so, like you said, it's so easy to like work, work, work. And since I love working, it's hard for me to stop. Yeah. And so I have to, I have to have that, like that, that set time in my day where it's like okay this is your diary do you diary things because i've i've been i'm starting to think i need to actually get some form of like i've got like a like a google diary where i put work things in but i mean to the point of right 
on the, between this hour is when I'm gonna do the washing and put clothes away and then mm. you know have like more of a schedule because otherwise yeah. you do get run away don't you with life yeah so I did when I was when we didn't have the nanny I would like diary schedule in every little thing that I was going to do whether it was work business mom personal um and like I know that's that's best practices I have my most productive days when I do that now do I do that all the time anymore no um as far as business business stuff goes I have a director of operations on my team who helps handle all of the big picture of like the to-dos and scheduling and delegating and like managing the team now um and then at the house I kind of just have like have our routine and our nanny helps out a lot um like we have a, a cleaner that comes every Wednesday and so I know like Tuesday okay I gotta Tuesday before we go to bed and make sure it's as tidy um do you find has- like with the nanny that it's cheaper as well than having like them paying for childcare? Was it actually better or is it about the same over there? Um, I think if you have multiple kids, it's less. Yeah. But I have, so my oldest is in, is in school, is in private school. Um, and when she was going to daycare, it was kind of expensive because I was paying both. But um, for me having like with, when we lost George and having more kids when they're younger, um, I'm paying for having them home with me so I can see them. I like, I like that they're here. I like that when I finish a project, I can go give them a hug or I can hear them giggling when I'm working. Yeah. Um, or if they make a picture, they can come run in and show it to me. Um, that is really nice, actually. Like, yeah. Especially if you've got the, the, if you can't, if you do have the potential to do it because like over here, DL, I think when I was working full time, I think, I think my nursery fees were just under a thousand pounds a month. And it, and it got to a point, if you're working part-time, it's like, well, what what's the point? You're picking up. When you work out what you're actually getting in terms of after the, after the tax and after you've paid for childcare, mm-hmm. what you actually bring into your house and you work it out on an hourly rate, which is what I did, which has made me go, I'm going to, no, I'm not doing this anymore because your value and your time is so, so different. It, it doesn't match up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That I mean, I did that math when I was teaching because my husband was – he's more, he's very traditional. He's an attorney. And so it's, um, and like risk averse. So yeah. hearing quitting my job, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. He's like, but you didn't go to college for that. Like, this is all weird. Um, and in the beginning he was very hesitant and like he, at one point he threw down a stack of bills and was like, you are going to bankrupt this family. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I didn't. And I now make more than him. And now we are like, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love teasing him. And he's always like, yeah, I totally, totally underestimated you. But um, gosh, I, what was your question? Oh, oh, no, you were talking about the time. Yeah. So yeah, when I was still teaching with just one in daycare, um, it was 800, 800 US dollars a month. And so I'm terrible. I don't know how that needs to I to be honest, but yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. And, um, like just about half of my salary, almost half of my salary 
went straight to straight to daycare and uh, we did the cheapest daycare option if we would have it was an in-home like drop your kid off at a lady's house type situation if we would have done a fancy Montessori um center that would have been three-fourths of my teacher paycheck so yeah it would have been fifteen hundred dollars a month I would have been taking home five hundred dollars like yeah yeah it is but that 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 is that's what's like here as well and that's that's the whole point is you know, a lot of the reason why I started this podcast was to to try and show there's not always sometimes you just traditionally you just follow on what everyone else has done or what you're expected to do and you go and you go start working for someone and then it's hard to get yourself out of that habit and out of that rut because that's what you just do and that's what everybody else is doing. But when you actually do do it, like I started and I just said as long as I get X amount a month, that's enough. Like that's enough. Yeah. That means I can do this, I can do that, that's fine. And then I but I knew it was like you said there, it was I knew I'd have to work less so that I could spend more time with the kids and mm-hmm. you know, not them being in childcare. And it, it, it's it's gone the opposite. One, because I love it. And two, because you just, you do, don't you? Like sometimes when you start something, you're very sceptical and you're nervous and you think, oh, what if it doesn't work? What's the worst that's going to happen? If it doesn't work, you go and get another job. Yeah, that's yeah. It. There's always going to be a job. There's always going to be a job. And I think people with that, like just doing what everyone else has always done, there's such this like traditional jobs being an employee is put up on this pedestal as like such a stable and secure way of life. But like, I, I don't know about over there, but here with the pandemic, people were laid off left and right. Oh yeah. The freelance industry um, operating as independent contractor that has skyrocketed and, and just taken off because so many people were laid off. They started businesses. They're like, screw this. I've had this idea forever. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to make it, make it happen. And, um, they're hiring freelancers. Companies are hiring freelancers and people that like were laid off from their stable, traditional, you know, um, consistent income that they relied on was just yeah, it's, me, it's, yeah. it's the guarantee isn't it that's what's you know you know you can't ever argue that yes if you're employed is it a guaranteed wage more than it is if you're self-employed yeah definitely but there's still just there's still just as many risks you know mm-hmm. they, they can lay you off your job can go you know something could happen and you have to be on the sick you know there's all different things that can happen but as long as you're happy you know it's mm-hmm. self-employed isn't for everyone as long Absolutely. as you're happy in your job great you know that then that's fine but it's those who are feeling like they have to stay in a job because they have to to bring in money or they have to because they've got children they don't you don't you can you can do whatever you want yeah like because, life's too short isn't it you just gotta oh, go on and do what you can. and a lot of people think well I don't have like my degree's not in that um I work with a lot of women I work with a lot of moms and they'll they'll come to me and they're like well I'm just a teacher I'm just a nurse or I'm just a stay-at-home mom like what what can I do and I'm like so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, like seriously, I have no business experience. If I, all of my jobs prior to being a virtual assistant were babysitting, um, nannying, um, and working in a, uh, classroom setting as a teacher, I had no, yeah, business. but they all have, um, you know, you've got, clearly you can work with people. Yeah. You relatability you're a nice person that's and you've you know you can you can talk and that's all you really need to do yeah and uh, nice. and I'm like if I can do this literally 
anyone who wants to can. Doesn't mean it's easy. Um, doesn't mean it's for everyone, but there, there are so many opportunities out there if you are unhappy in your, in your current situation, whether it's working or if you've already like left your job and you're a stay-at-home mom, there's, there's lots of options um, okay. to, to do something you love <clears throat> and make money doing it. Yeah. And there's all- nothing wrong with that. And if not, and, and like you say, if you can do it as well as being able to spend more time with children, then it's a win both ends, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And if, if you, in, with the children, what's one thing that you hope that they can learn from you or that you can teach them? Mm. Um, not to be afraid of failure. Not to be afraid to try. Because I was such, like growing up, I was so concerned with like, what would other people think? Um, like even at like so much as a, as a kid, like I would never go do something new if I didn't have a friend there. So I played sports and like going to try out for a new volleyball club team. Like I didn't do it. Um, unless my friend was trying out too. And I was good at volleyball. So this is one example. And then when I went to um, high school, I was supposed to try out for the high school team at our school and I didn't. I was too scared to try out because, okay, what if I fail? What if I don't make a team? Um, What if I make a team and I make a mistake uh, on the court when everyone's watching? Okay. First of all, no one comes to freaking freshman volleyball games. (laughs) I just, for so long, I let fear control my life. And I got to that point where I was like, no. And, um, I, I don't want my kids growing up with that same, that same fear holding them back. I just, you know, want oh. them to see from my example that you can try. If you fail, it's okay. You can learn from it and try again. Um, At what point did you stop being scared of fear? Oh gosh, it started when I probably started um, looking into ways of like, okay, I'm going to start a business. Um, I tried a couple different things before doing virtual assistant. I tried making bows. So that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bake bows. I'm going to get into like Nordstrom. I'm going to be like this huge bow lady. That did not work <laughs> for me. Um, and so that, that was like one little way of like me testing my confidence. I went to a craft fair and made a, a table and, and displayed my bows and sold them. But then that fizzled in like a month later and I felt like a failure. So then like when I went into starting as a virtual assistant, I hid that from my friends, from my family. Um, And it wasn't until I was, I never thought I would run a big business. I got started just because I wanted to make that a thousand dollars a month so I could be home with my family. But what I found through other women sharing their story is that there's so many more options. Like I'm not limited And, um, when I started the online course, that's kind of where I was like, okay, you're going to have to put yourself out there. You're going to have to show up live on Facebook. You're going to have to talk about your program and talk about how you can help. Did you shit? Did you shit yourself? I, you know, I did once, but it wasn't when I was (laughs) on live. That's another story from high school when I took too many x lax trying to be skinny. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> um, but 
No, I didn't. I, I did not. It was, it was terrifying. Um, but I just ripped the bandaid and was like, if I want to do this, I'm going to have to do these things. Yeah. And here I am like going live almost every day now. Uh, is this because, but is, I don't know about you, like you might've got used to it, but like videos and things I, I hated when I started doing them, I hated doing them. And even now I still really can't watch them back. I'll do them cause I know I have to do them, but I don't like mm. watching them back. But they say like, I read a lot of books, like you were saying, like help self-help books and how to get the best out of what you want. And uh, all of them say the best things come from that uncomfortable state. If you mm -hmm. push through that uncomfortability and you, and you get through that bit that everybody hates, I hate filming myself and I hate thinking that everybody's watching it, but it, but it does, it works. So it's like, why would you stop doing it? But I wouldn't yeah. do that unless I just gritted my teeth and got on with it. And it's, it's pushing through that uncomfortable, uncomfortable side and getting out of the good bits at the end. Yeah. And like the first time it's going to be, it's going to be scary. And each time it gets a little, little bit less and you know, you might become more comfortable doing it. Um, which I am now, I remember like the first time I went live, I had like notes typed Yeah. of like, okay, this is what you're going to say. And um, now I can, I can wing it. Yeah. No, you just get, you do get used to it. Like it, recording, it doesn't bother. I still can't watch it. I still can't. Oh, no, I, like, I can record better because I just, I'm used to doing it, but I can't watch. I cannot, if I watch it, I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like my voice, like it's just horrible. But yeah, it's, it's just, everyone's got things that they're uncomfortable with, even if from the outside to everyone else, it doesn't look like that. It looks yeah. like, oh, you, you're fine doing that. And you, how do you do this? And you're like, no, no, I'm dying inside whilst doing it. Oh, yeah. I'm it's terrifying. Like, <laughs> pretending it's all right. That's funny you say that about the voice. I do not watch or listen to anything because I'm the same way. I would be so critical and then I would never do it again. Yeah, it's hard that. Sometimes when I've asked people to come on here, they're like, oh, I hate my voice. And I'm thinking, well, don't listen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Listen. Like, the point is that you, other people are going to. Like, you don't. Yeah. I don't listen hey. to my voice. I just zone out. <laughs> So, but he, okay. So here's what happened. Like one of my fears when starting a podcast was, you know, what if someone like my voice, what if someone hates my voice or whatever? Um, we were running uh, video Facebook ads this last year. And one of them somewhat like I get mean comments on my ads. Damn. Uh, one person commented, your voice is annoying. <gasps> and so as like, you know, the bad word and <laughs> I just saw that and laughed and was like, oh, why way back when assholes, I know way back when I was like, this is what I was terrified of. And it happened. And like, I can just laugh at it now because what kind of sad soul do you have to be to comment on someone's video? Like your voice is annoying. <laughs> Great. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I like, I would mess with the trolls because one of my videos the ads person I was working with, like, gave me like, okay, you need to say this and you need to keep it under 30 seconds. And so I was reading off like a, a teleprompter type of thing. And um, this, people started counting how many times I blinked and were like, you look like a robot, blah, blah, blah. And they were just so like, there were people that were just so mean on that ad, but, but we kept the ad up because it, it was a profitable ad. It was bringing in the right people. And, um, no publicity is bad publicity. I, I mean, and then like my fans, people that I've helped or that even if I, they never signed up for my, any, you know, my paid stuff, they would 
come back to those people and like defend me. And so we, I mean, we just left them. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, you guys are helping the algorithm. Yeah. Keep coming the, the blings, bitches. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so just. Well, screw them all, isn't it? Anyone who's like that doesn't like, it's not even to be fair. If anyone's going to be that negative, then they're obviously not very happy in themselves. So let them crack on with it. But, yeah. And I just wanted to share that in case someone like has those same fears of putting themselves out there. Like, what if? you know, someone says something mean or what would they think? No one said anything until literally I've been doing this three and a half years, like two years and two and a half years into it. That's when I started to get some, you know, mean people and it, it, I survived. Yeah. You're all right now. You got yeah, your like, Jokes on them. Like I'm living a great life. So, yeah. So where can people find you then love? So what like Instagram and Facebook and things where if anyone's listening or wants to know more about what you do and how they can get involved, where would they find you? Yeah, Instagram. I'm um, just Michaela.quinn, M-I-C-A-L-A dot Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N on Instagram. Um, we do lots of tutorials on freelancing, how to get started over there. Um, the link in my bio on Instagram is a link to my like ultimate guide to getting started as a freelancer um so that that could be a great spot if anyone's kind of in that spot of um you know wanting to find a way to work from home maybe you don't have that like massive business idea of I'm gonna go start this podcast or I'm gonna create a course on this you could be literally the support person behind one of those 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 businesses and um, I'd love to help you get started Oh, brilliant well thank you very very much for getting up early and doing this obviously because of the time difference i really appreciate it and oh my gosh thank you for having you're, me uh, you're incredible honestly like that and oh. I, I really after that as well you're a very very strong woman so well done and i think you're very inspiring so thank you very much thanks for having me been listening to the money making mothers podcast with carla edwards if you have enjoyed the show then leave a five-star review on itunes make sure to tune in next time and don't forget you can have it all